Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. You can take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. This is week two in our little Christmas series called Four Women and the Savior, Seeing the Faithfulness of God Through Their Lives. And the title of the message today is Elizabeth and the Savior. And if you don't love my titles, just come and tell me. Somebody told me last week, they're like, I think you should have said from Eve to the Savior. And I was like, yeah, I'm not great at grammar. I just, whatever comes to my uh, head, I usually run with that. But it's Elizabeth and the Savior. So I learned real early growing up that when an older lady speaks, you should stop and listen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When my grandma used to talk, the grandkids stood at attention because you knew she was going to tell you something you needed to hear and something that was going to help you in life. And today in our text, there is an older lady talking and you have no choice. We're going to stop and listen. And what she says, we need to hear. And what she says will help us in life. She speaks and she actually shows us the proper way to see Jesus. She speaks and she shows us the joy that we should have because of Jesus. She speaks and she shows us the way we should respond when we actually hear from God. There's an older lady talking. Do you want to hear her? Say, yes, I do. All right. Look at verse 39. It says, in those days, Mary arose and went uh, with haste into the hill country to a town in Judea. And there she, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The text says that Mary gets up and she goes with haste to see her cousin, and that's because she found out that she was pregnant. So if you look back at verse 36, this is the Gabriel speaking, it says, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, told you it was an old lady talking, in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And that verse reminds you and shows you that here's a woman that's been living a long time with unmet desires. And it's a good desire that she has, but she's been living a long time with it. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes you have to wait a while before God gives you the desire of your heart. Things sometimes that we want don't always come quick. And waiting is work. I'm not going to lie to you, waiting is not easy. But when you're waiting, you got to understand that God, I've said this before, you're like, we, you know, we hear it, you know, God is working. 
And we hear that all the time. The question is, when you hear it, do you believe it? That in the waiting, that God is actually working, that God, as you're waiting on him to give you the desires of your heart, that he's actually maturing your patience. That God is actually taking you to a place where you end up in deep and good contentment where God wants you. Do you understand that while you are waiting, that God is, God is working, that he's actually getting glory through your endurance? One of the things that I get to experience as I stand here and preach week after week is I know what some of you are going through, and I watch you come, and you sing, and you endure, and you love, and you serve, and you don't give up on God, and God is getting glory through that. I stand in the back, and I'm watching you, and I'm like, there's no reason for that person to be singing, yet they are. And God says, they're singing, Marv, because I'm working in them. They may not understand that, but take this opportunity to remind them that while they endure, while they give glory to me in the pain, encourage them to keep going because their life is a beautiful picture of what I can do in a people who even though they don't necessarily have the thing they want, they have not given up on God. And so endure. Here's this next thing that should encourage you. If God is planning to bring something into your life, you cannot speed it up and you cannot slow it down, but you can't stop it either. What do we, what do we say we hear, right? May not be on time, but he's never late. And sometimes we're like, ooh, I wanted that thing at, you know, at, at 29, and God's like, you need it at 36, trust me. And when it comes at 36, you're like, mm-hmm, he was right. And we gotta trust God. He knows better, knows what's up ahead. And so he does things on his time for his glory and for our good. It says in 39, Mary went with haste. She was excited, excited for her cousin. Elizabeth is excited too, look at verse 43. She says, and why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come? She's in awe, she's like, why do I get this experience? She's humble. Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord, you get it, you catch it? My Lord. Elizabeth, what she does is she shared the truth about Jesus. Thabiti Anabweli says, it's customary for us to think that the first to confess that Jesus is the Christ was Peter. Actually, the first person to make this confession is the older woman, Elizabeth, who confesses Jesus is Lord even before he is Born. Here's a woman that knows theology and teaches some good theology. <laughs> Come on. Ladies, that one was for you. <laughs> she knows good theology and she teaches it. And the text is trying to teach you that both men and women can be deep in theology. And let me talk to the brothers for a minute. Brothers, if you run into a sister like this, don't fear her. Respect her. When there's a woman who knows her theology, she's deep in it, she's not afraid to speak it, don't fear her, respect her. Don't ignore her, learn from her. And don't stifle her, make space for her to speak so that the church can be developed and matured from all angles and all perspectives. She knows her theology because of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch it? 41. 41. 
says that she was filled with the Spirit. It was the Spirit that revealed to her that Mary was pregnant. And it was the Spirit that revealed to her the truth about Jesus. She spoke this way because the Spirit gave her the ability to make this confession. And do you know that he does the same thing in your life? That the Holy Spirit is the reason why we confess? 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He is the one that gives us the ability. So here's what what this should be. It should make us actually very humble. Right? Sometimes we can be like, I know a lot about God and da-da-da, and you're just super prideful. But it's not because of anything in us. It's because God's like, here you go. The Spirit's like, here's what you need. And so we are to be very prideful because we don't know what we know because of us, but actually, so we shouldn't be prideful. We should be humble because of the work of the Spirit in our lives. Here's this next thing. We should pray that the Spirit would reveal this to people outside the faith. You're like, how do I pray this Christmas? Pray that people, the Spirit would be like, here you go, unbeliever. Here you go, person outside of faith. This is the proper way to see Jesus. It's not just the time to have eggnog. Sigh, <laughs> eggnog. Eggnog's all right. Shh, that is working. The proper way to see Jesus. We should also ask the Spirit to reveal more to us about Jesus. The better you know him, the better uh, your walk goes with him. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, I pray you take me deeper in the knowledge of you and the knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ, so that I could walk rightly better with him. I want you to know that uh, Elizabeth, she drops some knowledge on us. And what she says is what everyone will say one day. Do you know that? What she confesses now, she's like, I'm just getting y'all ready. Everyone's going to do this. Philippians 2 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible tells you that Jesus is going to get his flowers for what he has done for us, the work he has done. And the actual authority that he has and holds over everyone. There's a day coming where everyone's going to do what you're doing. You're not wasting your time. Giving yourself to Jesus Christ is the wise move. You may feel like, oh, I'm not. We're just, we're just this small little group. We're the only one that's doing it. But that, this is where the world's headed. That should shape the way you watch the news, take the news in. That should shape the way you like you go on your Instagram. All the, this is where the world is going. Elizabeth, this woman, is where everyone's going to be. She's there first. This is our reality. Everyone's going to confess that Jesus is Lord. So what, what should you do? Keep confessing. Keep holding on to the king. You're doing the right thing. You're being wise with your life. Verse 44 says, for behold, she starts talking again, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. The baby in her womb is John, cousin of Jesus, and his mother conveys his joy. 
She says, he leaps for joy. Now, John here is not stretching his limbs, right? He is jumping for joy. Elizabeth, what she does is she shared the excitement about Jesus. And John's excited because the age of redemption has arrived. John's excited because the giver of salvation is on the scene. Let me try it another way. John's excited because the savior of the world has come to serve those in need. Let me try, come on. I like when you guys talk. Help me. Preaching can be real lonely sometimes. Right? So help me. Right? As a congregation, we want this to be a back and forth dialogue. This is not just me talking at you. This is us talking together. So let me say it again. The savior of the world had come to serve those in need. All right. I love it. John shows us the right way to respond to the arrival of Jesus. Joy and excitement. Why? Because his arrival means the defeat of our enemy. Didn't we talk about that last week? What Cain said? You know, I love when people yell stuff. He's already defeated. The battle is over. His arrival means our sin will be forgiven. And we need to to settle into that more times than we want to admit. Because sometimes we look at the things that we've done and we're like, is that forgiven? The Bible says if you've come to Jesus fully confessing and repenting, yes. You are right with God. You're in a good space with God. He's rejoicing over your life. He's looking at you with joy and love and affection. Completely forgiven. Hold on to that. We respond with joy because his arrival means our lives will be changed. And sometimes, same thing, we forget that. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not who you used to be. Oh, yeah. Yell it, Victor. Amen. It's a process. And again, I'm this way. I get stuck. I'm like, ooh, man, I wish I was at an eight. God's like, brother, you're at a 7.5 and you used to be at a negative one. Give thanks for where I brought you. Give thanks for what I'm doing in you. We get so stuck. Your life's completely different. Just sometimes just take a minute and think about what you used to do. Right, sometimes my boys will see like an old picture of me, you know, with a do-rag and a hat, and they're like, Dad? I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Your dad had game too, I tell him. (laughs) But you're not the same. And and we're, we're actually stealing credit from God when we act like, you know, nothing's changed. God's like, what are you saying? What are you saying about what I'm doing in you? What are you saying about who I am? What are you saying about my character? I've started a good work in you, the Bible says, and I will bring it to completion. What are you actually saying? Why are you letting Satan lie to you? Why are you letting your flesh deceive you to say nothing's different when God's like, everything's different? And that's where the enemy wants you. John was excited because he knew what Jesus was going to do. You should be excited because you're living in what Jesus has done for you. 
I need to hold on to those realities. Elizabeth shared the excitement about Jesus. Now, Shayon wrote something or he told me something that would be important to say here. And he said, he's like, you should put that in. I'm like, brother, I won't remember all that. So just write it and send it to me. And so he wrote it and he sent it to me. And I want to share it with you. I appreciate Shay. His brain is, is very sharp. It's better than mine. It says, Luke is very clear to us that is the, it is the unborn John acting here. The Bible here is very clear that the unborn are precious in God's sight and are used by him for his glory. That's why our doctrinal statement says, we believe humanity is a special creation of God made in his own image and thereby worthy of honor, respect, and protection from conception till death. The first to recognize Jesus as Lord were the people the culture ignored and disregarded. The culture had no respect for children. They disregarded women. That's a true reality when you look in the context. The culture ignored them, but God paid attention to them and used them. No one is excluded from the good news of the Messiah's arrival. That is your God. That those who were like, "Mm," God's like precious, they matter, important. Our culture's like, "Mm." God's like treat with dignity and respect and protection and love, kindness. Elizabeth, here's this last one, shared the truth about Mary. She shared the truth about Mary. She says, and blessed, this is verse 45, is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. She says, Mary is blessed. Earlier she says, blessed are you among women. And she says that because she has the privilege of bringing the Savior into the world. She's like, blessed are you. Did you catch that there is no jealousy whatsoever in her, in her words? She's not jealous at all of this woman. She is actually, again, showing her humility. Pride's about, uh, jealousy's about pride. But she is not not jealous. She knows that every single person plays a different part and role in God's plan and she's good with hers. And sometimes we're like, why am I not getting to do that? Why? I've been in this spot. Why haven't I been given a gift to sing like other people? And we get so stuck on what we're not getting to do, we miss out on what God's actually equipped us to do. And here's this woman, Elizabeth, who knows that in God's plan, some people have a prominent role and and some people have a very low key role. But here's what she knows. Every single role is important and every single role is needed. And so she's like, "This this, this is my station. This is where God has me. I'm good and I'm gonna do my thing. I'm not gonna look over at my cousin and being like, how come I didn't get to bring the savior into the world? And sometimes in our jealousy, we don't realize that that thing that God's given somebody to do is actually really hard. And you're like, I want that. You're like, no, you don't. Because you have no idea what's going on on that grass. 
So why don't you just enjoy and cut your own grass? We have no idea. And she stays in her spot. She's like, I'm good with what God is doing. I trust God with my life. And if this is what he said to do, this is what I'm going to do. And, I, and this woman does it well. Here's the thing. You, I've said this. If you go way back to when we started our series in the Gospel of Luke, which I hope to finish before Jesus returns. But Luke is always doing this great job of highlighting women. And every time he brings one up, he's like, because they're setting an example that we are to follow. And here's this woman displaying beautiful humility and playing her part. Next, she says, Mary believed. 45 again. She says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken. God comes to this young girl and he says, you are going to be the mother of the Savior. And she believed every word. She didn't doubt it for a minute. She looks at God and she says, I'm a servant, I'm ready to go. She believed every word. Grant Osborne, he said, Mary is an incredibly deep young lady. She believed that the Lord would be faithful Her faith was strong enough to encompass an event that had never happened in history, a virgin birth. Sometimes we miss how deep her faith is. God says this, and she's not like, huh? She said, I'm a servant. I'm ready. She believed. She teaches us what it means to live by faith. You listen to the word of God. You trust what he says. You have full confidence that God can do what he promised. So you listen to his word. You have full confidence that what God says he will do, he will do. And here's the last part, and this is the hard part. You order your life based on what God has said. See, it's not enough just to hear the word. The way you actually know that you truly believe is you actually start living like it. She orders her life. She's like, oh, God's gonna do this? Well, I'm gonna do this now. God says this, God made this promise, here's what I'm gonna do. And here's the thing, her life didn't get easier. Right, there's people who will tell you, oh, come to Jesus, it's gonna be easy. No! Sometimes it gets harder before it gets better. Living by faith is not some easy street. And all you got to do is just look at Mary's life. When she chooses to take on this massive role, she has no idea how Joseph's going to respond. And then, you know, church people talk. So she has no idea how people are going to be like, hmm, she's pregnant. Hey, did you notice that? Brother, they're not married yet. So she's got to live through the speculation and the what's going on. She's got to tell family members, cousins, uncles. We all have that uncle that's like, oh, no, no. At least in my Jamaican family, there's a bunch of uncles like that. She's got to live through that. She doesn't know. Then, then the baby comes. Jesus, and they've got to go to Egypt and hide. 
They got to run. Living by faith doesn't make things easier. Sometimes it's real difficult when you choose to live by faith, when you choose to order your life based on what God said. Here's the thing. She not only has to fly, run to Egypt, later she has to stand at the cross and watch her son die. For you, for me, for her, so that we can sit here and sing great is thy faithfulness, so that we can sit here and look at her beautiful example. Her life didn't get easier, but she believed God. Do you? And as soon as things get tough, we're like, how can I get off this ship right now? And Mary's like, things are tough, I'm staying on. Things are going in ways I did not expect, but I believe God is good. I don't know what's coming in two weeks. I don't even know if Joseph's going to change his mind, but I know that my God does not change. And even if he did change his mind, even if things does get tough and I feel all alone, I know that it's not true because God is with me all the time and he's not calling me to do something that he's going to leave me in it. He's actually going to walk me through. He's going to carry me through. He's going to hold me up. And all I got to do is simply hold on and trust because God is good and he does not give up. He does not let go he holds me and so she's like I'm holding him as he is holding me living by faith is hard it's hard it's tough sometimes there's harder days sometimes there's lots of you know crying days but God's there and this young lady she shows us that belief and blessing go together. Notice how many times she's called blessed. Blessed. And again, sometimes that word blessed can be used like, oh, you're blessed because you got lots of money. She's poor. You know why she's blessed? She's blessed because God's using her. She's blessed because God is transforming and changing her. That's exactly why you're blessed. She's blessed because her life's never going to be the same again because of the baby that she is carrying. You're blessed because your life's never going to be the same again because you have faith in that baby that she delivered. And blessed, the scripture says, should be translated happy, joyful, true joy. That's connected to something real, not connected to just some circumstance. I'm happy because I have this thing. No, I'm blessed and I'm grateful because I I have faith in the king of kings and I'm held by him. Blessed, he says. She is blessed. Belief and blessing go together. Elizabeth tells you the truth about this woman. She lived her life by faith. Elizabeth has spoken. Who's glad they listened? Who's glad they listened? Come on, brother Andy, put the hand up. (laughs) And now we have a chance to leave. First, we're going to sing. But then we can go and apply what we have learned from her life. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you praise for the word because it does so much for us. We give you praise for these moments that we can gather together and sit under it, sit together, laugh together, learn together, appreciate you together. 
gave you praise together. Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength now and the, the hearts that sings your praise and sings from a place of faith that we will trust you with our lives. God, thank you for this, these two dear sisters that we looked at in scripture who have so much to say to us, who has modeled so much for us. Help us, we pray, to walk by faith like they did and to live in the deep theology, Lord, that they displayed and talked about before us. Thank you for their lives. God, we can't wait to meet them. We can't wait to stand in your presence. But in the meantime, we pray that you would give us strength to sing your praise now for your glory. And as Jermaine would say, for our joy in you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.